Hey everyone, I'm Michael. Welcome to the Game Boys Show. This week I decided I'd try something a little bit different. Uh, normally I love to have Chris or someone else on with me, but this week I decided I'm going to try this myself. So with that, we're going to begin with uh, probably the only real news this week, gaming-wise. Um, if you want to disregard uh, the Pokemon, you know, Pokedex, Gate, whatever it's called. But that's going to be Nintendo has finally announced a new Switch version, the Switch Lite. And it essentially, it, it's, it looks like the actual Switch itself when you have it in handheld mode, but the Joy-Cons are not removable. They're stuck on there. So it's one connected device. They'll come in three different colors. A teal, a yellow, and a gray. Or charcoal gray, uh, however you want to describe it. And, you know, it's, it's interesting how you look at this. Um, depending on what news sources you go to, what articles you read, people's opinions on lines and on boards, um, there's speculation that, you know, this could be the end of the Nintendo 3DS. Now, Nintendo has come out and said that they're going to continue to support the 3DS, but support could go in different ways. It could be, hey, we're still going to have online platforms for the service. We're still going to, you know, uh, do repairs if you send it in. But my thing is this. If the Switch Lite, which it's Switch in name only, it's not the actual functionality of the Switch, you can't connect it to a TV. There's no kickstand. It's just a portable device. It's essentially a giant 2DS. Except for there's no dual screen. And that's fine. You can do that if you're Nintendo. And people are going to buy this up. It's a lot cheaper. It has pretty colors. And it'll probably lead way to different versions of the Switch. At least different you know, themed color versions of the Switch. But if this is the end of the 3DS, which it definitely is, that's fine. The original 3DS came out in 2011. The new 3DS XL, the version that Nintendo is still keeping up with and selling, that came out in 2015. Now... Nintendo has no more plans to make any new games for the 3DS. All the new games or all the games you want to play from Nintendo are going to be on the Switch. So this would be a great way for people from that 3DS, you know, exclusively mobile, you could say, gaming, to switch over to the, to the Switch. Pun intended there. And really just get their hands on something new, recapture that whole market, because that's a huge base they have out there. The 3DS is the only mobile gaming console left that's not cell phones. Sony tried with the PSP, the PS Vita, it didn't succeed. And Nintendo's got this market down. So... If the 3DS dies, that's fine. This is the new wave, this is the new generation coming in. And I welcome that. Now, do I wish the Switch Lite had the same capabilities as the Switch? Of course I do. But Nintendo's got to move units. They got to sell. 
So it makes sense that not all the functionality is going to be there, that it's really just Switch in name and in looks, but that's it. It's a lesser version for those Game Boy people. And that's all right. I can accept that. Some other news that has um, come up and, and something I really want to discuss that I thought was very interesting is Amazon has announced that they're going to make a Lord of the Rings MMO. Now, if you all remember about a year or so ago, um, Amazon dug really deep into their pockets, really threw that money book there, and decided, hey, we're going to shell out some nice coins here to buy J.R.R. Tolkien stuff. And that's fine. You know, that's great. Um, some people like this move. Some people see it as Amazon trying to make their own Game of Thrones, which technically would be true. And as we all know, the Amazon does have a show in the works for Lord of the Rings. Now we all know how, you know, Game of Thrones worked out for HBO towards the end, but it had an insane run, an insane fan base, and it's a pretty smart move for Amazon to pick up on something that's similar and it's already established. But we also know how well that works out with Hollywood. I think the prime example is um, that Sonic movie, or the trailer that we saw, and as well, the most recent Assassin's Creed movie. Any really franchise you can look at and see what Hollywood has done with has not been well, but Amazon is their own thing. So since they bought the rights to J.R.R. Tolkien, they decided... Let's try and get into another medium here, and something that probably gamers have clamored for since the beginning, and if you think about it, really, World of Warcraft and, and Oblivion, Elder Scrolls, and a lot of other games of those fantasy nature have come and been inspired by Lord of the Rings and the movies. So why not make an MMO? I feel like that and Harry Potter are the two most obvious franchises that come to mind for making an MMO. You have really well-established universes, established lore, established story, plots, characters. It's all thought out for you. But Amazon has never made a game before. And that's kind of the tricky thing. Some studios do extremely well with their first game. Some don't. But they have a nice, well-established franchise here. A franchise that I feel like can definitely set Amazon into this next realm and level of people thinking, oh, this is a legit game studio. They have an opportunity here to do what the first Fallout did. Bringing this brand new experience, this brand new world, in a way you've never seen it before. Now, backing them up is Warframe. Uh, the creators of Warframe, the studio from Warframe. They're probably going to be the ones handling this the most. Now, I've personally never played Warframe. I know a lot of people who do play Warframe, and say a lot of great things about it. And that's very smart of Amazon to not go into this by themselves. They 
obviously have the money, they obviously have the resources, and they could easily compete with Microsoft, with Sony, with EA, with Take-Two. They could. But they know that this is their first time doing it. As great as Amazon is, as much as they've done everything on their own and paved the way for a lot of things in this capital industry, they know they need help. This isn't TV. This isn't movies. And yes, you could argue that Amazon has already gotten into the video game foreplay with the Grand Tour video game. Which is really good. Really fun. If you haven't gone out there and and bought it, it's only $15. It's not that bad. I believe it's digital only. But you get to play through a lot of the great scenes of the Grand Tour. And it's just amazing to have Richard and John and all that. But this is going to be a different beast. A racing game, fun and good. Beautiful at that, yes. Do I wish there was a little bit more? A little bit more in depth? Of course. But they did great for what they had. And for $15, that's not bad. But this is going to be a free-to-play MMO with one of the most coveted franchise in fantasy lore. And hardcore fans of Lord of the Rings, they don't mess around. If this isn't great from the start, there's going to be a lot of backlash. You cannot recover from this. And Amazon knows that. So Amazon is going to team up with Warframe, who's already made a great free-to-play shooter. MMO, I guess you could say. I feel like the, the term MMO is getting looser and looser as time goes on, but that's fine. So I'll be very interested to see what happens and when they're going to release this news. Now, I think Amazon's going to be very eager about this. I believe they probably won't, you know, release anything in in formal press conferences. Because those seem to be dying off, uh, especially given this year's E3, which was tremendously horrible. I think what Amazon's going to do is similar to what they do with their prime originals have a lot of billboards have a lot of ads on tv and blast it on youtube which is great the only thing is though is that google is coming with stadia later this year so now the timetable for amazon to do this is going to be interesting do they want to come out with this game before Stadia releases, so Amazon maybe can jump on that market a little bit first? Or do they take their time and make sure this is a great, well-crafted game and release it when it is supposed to be released, not when they want it to release? I think that would be the smarter move. And I think Amazon is smart enough to know to wait and make sure this game is as perfect as it can be at launch. And that's the caveat, at launch. And make sure they release it, not with any time frame, not with any deadlines, but to make it great. 
because these are going to be their first major multiplayer online MMO, but their first major game. No disrespect to the Grand Tour game. So, that reminds me of something else that's going on. Um, you know, Amazon... You could say they have a direct competitor now. You could say that Amazon Prime Originals was spawned from this company. And that's Netflix. And Netflix did something very interesting here, and they somehow uh, decided that after all their hours and research and and grandeur into Cuphead, that they're going to make their own Cuphead TV series. Now, I get the allure. Cuphead was beautifully well-crafted, all hand-drawn. Probably one of the few modern-day medium where it was actually animated and hand-drawn. Everything's gone CGI now. Even cartoons you see on TV, those aren't hand-drawn anymore. That's all through computers and software and all that. And a lot of respect to Cuphead for being hand-drawn. But my question with Netflix is this. In a game where there isn't too much dialogue, there isn't too much going on, how do you make a series out of that? Now, I will admit, I've never played Cuphead myself. I've seen gameplay. It is beautiful. I know uh, one of our former Game Boys, who I'm not going to name, he played through Cuphead with Camila. And it's a very interesting series that is still, well, not a series, it's one video. It's still up on our YouTube channel. And all you got to do is go into YouTube and search Game Boys. All one word, G-A-M-E-B-O-I-Z. And you see our Cuphead video through there. So I wonder what the story is going to be. Is it going to be the backstory? You know, how... Um, the Cuphead main character got into this, how this whole universe or or anything formed. Is it going to be the aftermath of the game? Is it going to set up for Cuphead 2? Is it going to be a filler in between? A lot of different directions they can go here. A lot of different options that they have on the table. And obviously, Netflix wouldn't pick up something this significant if they didn't already have something in mind. And I'm wondering, because it's only been announced that Netflix did buy this, or at least the rights to do the TV show, how much work are they going to have with Studio MDHR? How much work are they going to have with Microsoft, with Chad you know, Moldenhauer and, and Jared Moldenhauer and, and all those people who did work on that game? Is it going to be them taking control on that? You know, is it Studio MDHR that, that's going to to have more of the creative script rights on this show? Or is it going to be Netflix and their own writers? And Studio MDHR and Microsoft are just going to be consultants. It's interesting to see. But it makes sense for a game that is very heavily inspired by the old Walt Disney cartoons. 
why Netflix would want to buy that and, and take that up. But there's a lot of questions in that. As we know, you know, video game TV series have done a lot better than the movies. Sonic is one of them. But Netflix is a different beast. And Netflix has not been the best at making their own original content as of late. So, like I said, not too much news going on this week. And really not too much to talk about, at least for me, personally, as of right now. But there is something kind of interesting. And I thought about this, um, because I've been playing a lot of Forza Horizon 4 recently. I'm a little late to that, I understand. But as I was playing it, it reminded me how much I really loved Need for Speed Underground 2. And it got me thinking, I haven't heard about a new Need for Speed game in a while. And I know, in recent memory, Need for Speed and EA has not been doing well at all, and a lot of their games have not been good. The Most Wanted remake wasn't that great. Payback wasn't that great. And as I was doing some research, I realized that the last Need for Speed game which was Need for Seed Payback. That came out in 2017. And that took me by surprise. Because Need for Speed used to be up there with Call of Duty. Used to be up there with how Assassin's Creed used to be. And used to be up there with Madden and all that. Every year a new Need for Speed game would be released. And for a long time, they were really good. They could legitimately compete with Gran Turismo. They could legitimately compete with Forza. It was a fun, arcade style, semi-realistic, beautiful graphics, a lot of great customization fun. It's the first racing game I really got into. It was Need for Speed Underground 2 back in 2004-2005. I loved it. But EA's been on a downcline right now, financially speaking as well. The quarterly earnings weren't that great. And a little bit of a tough spot here. You know, their EA uh, Days of Play or EA Play, whatever it was, at, at E3 was not that great. The games they announced for release weren't that great. And... It's a little odd time for EA, who's been so used to just making money again and again and again and again, to be in this position where not only are they still the most hated company, but the money's not coming in either. And their blunders are really starting to add up. You know, it, it, it's the same company. Not exactly the same genre, but, you know, Plants vs. Zombies has, has not been doing well. They had the blunder with Battlefront 2. The new Madden's coming out, but that has fallen very short of NBA 2K now. 
NBA Live isn't that great compared to NBA 2K. FIFA is having all their troubles with FIFA Ultimate Team and the Ultimate Team packs. And he is catching a lot of heat. I mean, Mass Effect. Andromeda wasn't even good. So it puts EA in this weird spot of they, at the very least, always used to make money. Now they're starting to lose it. They might be getting a little scared. But what I can say is, at least according to some online forums, which take that with a grain of salt, and a couple loose articles here or there, EA says they are still working on and committed to making a Need for Speed game. Probably in April 2020 is what these sources are saying. But it's strange for me that EA, who loves to milk out their franchises and keep them going forever and ever and ever and ever, would actually decide to step back and really take their time. Really decide to forego the easy cash grab money and really just soak it all in and and take in the necessary amount of time to craft a game and possibly go back to their roots. Or at the very least, we hope, get back into the more open-world-ish, fun, arcade style of Underground and Underground 2. And the original Most Wanted as well. It's a great time for racing games all around during that era. But to have EA go three years at that point, April 2020, it'll be three years without one of their staple franchises is very strange. And I want to say a good note for the company to really go back, don't rest on their laurels, take their time and really craft out a beautiful game as more studios should do. Now, they're also doing something that I think is very smart. If they really are crafting this Need for Speed game for 2020, which is keeping all the information in-house and not saying anything about the game ahead of time, not releasing any trailers, any footage, or this and that, only when they're ready and only when the game's about to come out. Because as E3s have gone on year after year, as these you know PAX East and PAX West has gone on, as these directs from companies have gone on time after time, it's become increasingly frustrating and annoying to see a trailer, just a trailer, not gameplay, but a trailer or announcement for a game that's three, four, five, six, even sometimes seven years down the line. You know, as a video game fan and as a consumer, your natural instinct is if you see something, you want to play it, you want to play it now, or you want to play it soon. And aside from maybe five, six, seven games at E3 out of the hundreds that were announced, those are the only ones you can really play this year. The rest were trailers or announcements for games coming in the future, and that's just boring. Not fun. 
And as gamers of a certain age now, we've gone through so many insanely hyped games to be let down so insanely much that a lot of us are getting skeptical. I think even uh, Chris and I were joking for a little bit that the new Halo, as amazing as it is, may get so hyped up and then be completely awful, which is a real possibility. We hope not. We love Master Chief. And this new Halo would be the only reason to get the Xbox Scarlet, whatever it's going to be named. But after so many of these games getting so hyped up, Destiny is the biggest one that comes to mind. What else can we do except for be skeptical? So my ultimate hope would be this. Is that EA is still working on one of my most favorite franchises, or at least from yesteryear, in Need for Speed. Really taking their time. And not releasing any information until the game's about to release. Which is how it used to be done. And I know I may sound like an old man. But it's a lot better that way than this modern day and age of no gameplay, no release date. This game may or may not come out, may or may not get canceled. And maybe three, four, five, six, seven years down the line. You want something tangible. You want something real. And you need something that is going to have almost instant gratification. Well, everyone, I want to thank you for joining me on this um, interesting episode of the Game Boy Show. I hope you did enjoy it. And as always, please subscribe to us on, you know, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, and Spotify. Please feel free to review our show. Please feel free to give some feedback. And of course, you can find us on Instagram at the Game Boys, T H G G A M E B O I Z, uh, Twitter at the Game Boys as well, and of course our YouTube channel Game Boys, G A M E B O I Z. And again, y'all, I really appreciate y'all listening. I hope you enjoyed. Have a good one.